It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Monday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today, giving Sandy a Monday off. Mondays are tough days, aren't they? And uh, I don't need to tell you that because uh, on the East Coast, you're commuting up the 95 this morning, heading to, into D.C. or wherever you're off to work this morning. And Central Time Zone, 7 o'clock, yeah, you're just getting out of bed and getting going. Well, we're, we're at least going to give you something to talk about around the water cooler today, all right? And, uh, boy, there's got a lot of news. There always is coming out of the weekends now. You remember back during the pandemic period, the height of the pandemic period, former President Trump saying this came from a Wuhan lab. He called it the Wuhan virus. And he was condemned for that. People said, you're a racist. In fact, they're still saying that, all right? Well, listen to this. From the Wall Street Journal this weekend, Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019. Now, that's three or four months before we start talking about it here. That they sought hospital care, according to a previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report that could add weight, reading here from the Wall Street Journal, to growing calls for a fuller probe of whether the COVID-19 virus may have escaped from the laboratory. How about that? How about that? The facts are slowly coming out, folks, that former President Trump was right when he says the Chinese knew about this months, months before it was confessed to the world. They knew about this and didn't tell the world. And now you have this story this morning. Now, I know the left is going to condemn this, and, and we'll hear from Dr. Fauci, et cetera, et cetera. Although, although, Dr. Fauci, now have a listen to this, uh, our producer, Devin. We're going to go to cut number 10. This is what he has been saying in recent days when asked about COVID happening naturally. Now he's not convinced. Now, naturally would be it would jump from an animal to a, uh, to a person. Now he's not convinced of that. Cut number 10. Are you still confident that it developed naturally? No, actually, no, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. I wouldn't be the first, but I think he should now be called flip-flop Fauci because he keeps doing this. Mask, no mask. Oh, I'll wear two masks. No, we don't need it here. No, uh, yes, we do need it here. All of that. Miranda Devine, uh, columnist, was asked about all this this morning. Cut number 11. 
he has to flip-flop, doesn't he? He has to change from his previous position because that's what he does. And now we've seen that he's sort of inching towards a position where he's admitted that everything he's told us for the last year just wasn't right. It was wrong. The fact is that he has told lies. He's admitted it uh, over the past year on the pandemic. He lied about masks. He admitted that and about herd immunity and about other things. And so he's betrayed his role as a sort of authority and someone to be trusted. All right, so there you have it. And what's really going on here, folks, is that uh, Dr. Fauci is a politician slash doctor. That's what it's all about. He knew this all along. And remember, he wouldn't back up former President Trump when then-President Trump was talking about this, that the Chinese knew this was going on months before they would admit it to the world. And that Fauci's now say maybe that that was possible, you know? You know, as I say, he's a politician. That's the bottom line. I'm glad the information is finally coming out, folks, so that people understand where former President Trump was coming from. Oh, uh, just one other thing with regards to China and the pandemic. You may have missed this because it came out late Thursday, early Friday morning last week. And this is from Reuters, not a conservative news agency. This is from Reuters. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has asked healthcare providers to stop using certain syringes and needles manufactured by Chinese medical device maker Kuangdong Hao. So not only do we have the Wuhan virus, now we're using syringes from China that are suspect in their performance. Now, why did the FDA put out this warning? The FDA said it has received information about quality issues, talking about these syringes, including certain needles from that Chinese manufacturer detaching from the syringe and getting stuck in the patient's arm after injection. That's right. Like I said, this is coming from Reuters, folks, not from Fox News or Newsmax or anything like that. This is from Reuters. Here in America, we're using syringes to give people the vaccinations that come from China. And apparently there have been cases where these needles, the sharp end of it, become stuck in the person's arm. Could say much about this, but what are we doing shipping in syringes from China? Still using them? Apparently some of them were used on the uh, on the Pfizer vaccines. So yeah, uh, finally the FDA comes out and says, uh, don't be using those needles. So if you're heading out for a vaccination today, you might want to ask the folks where those syringes came from. Oh, speaking of pandemic, <laughs> Michigan's Mayor Gretchen Whitmer caught again breaking her own rules. She's been hit with various ethics complaints with regards to the rules she has been put in place uh, with regards to the pandemic. Well, the Detroit Free Press reported that photo showing the governor with a large group at a bar and grill in East Lansing showed her with at least apparently 12 people 
Now, our own rules say there shouldn't be any six or more gathered together in one place. But there it was. Apparently, apparently a friend of the governor took the picture and then everybody said, hey, listen, and then put it up on Facebook or somewhere, Twitter. And then it was, they removed it right away because they knew what was going to happen. So yesterday, Governor Whitmer, Democrat governor of Michigan, issues this statement. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived and tables were pushed together, hmm, because we're all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. I make a mistake, and I apologize. Hmm. Yeah, same thing she had to do about that little trip to Florida she took on a private jet when she was telling people in her state you should stay home and not go anywhere because you might bring more of the virus back. Shouldn't be much worries about that in Florida, given the COVID rate in that state. There she is, Governor Whitmer, caught again. Big party, kind of like Governor Newsom. Remember him in California? He was telling everybody to stay home. He and his wife caught at a restaurant without any masks. This is way back, several months ago. It seems to be a pattern. It seems to be a pattern with Democrat governors. Do as I say, don't do as I do. Glad to hear this morning that the, uh, that the, uh, the ceasefire is still holding in the Middle East. Uh, I noticed the White House was trying to give President Biden credit for bringing the two parties, Hamas terrorists and Israel, together. No, no, no. Not at all. But I was very interested in a quote or something that uh, White House spokesperson Jen Psaki had to say uh, on a briefing on Friday. Uh, She says that the United States will not change security assistance to Israel, but then she said something else right at the end. I want you to listen very carefully It's just a very short clip here. It's cut number four. Listen to what she said United States taxpayers will also be doing. Cut number four. We have no plans to change our uh, security assistance uh, that we're providing to Israel. But I will say that the president's view is through is that we need to do we need to move forward on a couple of fronts. Certainly supporting uh, the security of Israel is one of them. Uh, But another front is rebuilding, playing a constructive role in rebuilding Gaza. Did you hear that last part there? Rebuilding United States taxpayers' dollars to rebuild Hamas terrorist-controlled Gaza. Quick review. Hamas terrorists fired the first missiles. Israel rarely, rarely takes the offense. They're always in defense, and that was the case in this one. Now, so-called human rights groups have been condemning Israel for its bombing in Gaza. Well, the reason they had to go after apartment buildings and residential areas, because that's where the Hamas terrorists launch their missiles, from people's homes. They put their women and children at risk. They know they're doing that. They're... Cold hearts don't care if that causes the death, which it did, of women and children in Gaza. So this is this is how they operate. They build, they they take cement, 
supposedly that's going to be used to rebuild building, and they build tunnels into Israel. Thankfully, in this latest uh, breakout of violence, that the Israelis were able to destroy a bunch of those tunnels, but be sure Hamas terrorists will rebuild them again. But I was shocked that the White House spokesperson, Jen Psaki, admitted that taxpayers' dollars will now be used to help rebuild what the terrorists were responsible for. And I hope you've, you've heard also, before Israel would launch these bombs in to destroy these missile-launching areas in people's apartments and houses, that you're aware that Israel, in about an hour in advance, sends warnings in that we're going to bomb this building to give civilians a chance to leave. There's also the story somewhat related. <laughs> I, the Associated Press still upset that the Israelis bombed the building that the Associated Press has been in for many years there in Gaza. And I was surprised by this during the course of this outbreak, all the Associated Press stories were dateline Gaza City, Gaza, not Jerusalem. So they were telling this story for the whole time from Hamas terrorist-controlled Gaza. So Israel finds out that Hamas terrorists are using that building to launch missiles into Israel. So they give an hour warning, and they destroy this building. The head of the Associated Press comes out and says, despite the fact they've been in this building for years, we didn't know Hamas terrorists were using that building. Years you're in that building and you're telling the world that you didn't know that that happened, that you had Hamas terrorists working out of your building? That's a stretch, folks. That's a stretch. All right, there you have it. Kind of some opening stories. That's that's just a little bit. So you can talk about that at work today around the water cooler or the, the kitchen or the coffee break room, whatever the case may be. Folks, takes a long time sometimes, but the truth does get out there. I hope you appreciate that. All right, Fred Jackson sitting in for Sanya Rios today. We're back in a moment with another very well-known show host here on American Family Radio. You're going to really enjoy this. Frank Turek, standing by. We'll be back after the break. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by May 30th, and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Michael Carvajal, Director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. He oversees the nearly 37,000 employees responsible for the care, custody, and control of incarcerated individuals. Philippians 2.3 reminds us of the principles of good leadership. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Right now, with this in mind, would you pray with me? Almighty God, we ask you to guide Marco Carvajal in his work for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Alyssa Jones is a student at Virginia Tech University. The other day, she had to write a paper for a class called Nations and Nationalities. Students were told to describe a hate group from the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate group list. They had to analyze how that group justifies its worldview. So Miss Jones chose the new Black Panther Party. When she got her paper back, she was surprised to see she had received a low grade. Now, the teaching assistant told her it was because of her view about racism when it comes to white people. The teaching assistant said white people cannot experience racism. Now, this story has a good ending. Miss Jones went to her professor, and the professor agreed with her premise that all people, including whites, can experience racism. But the broader issue here is the silencing of conservative beliefs in the classroom either by intimidation or by using the power of a failing grade. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the Monday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Sandy taking the day off. Fred Jackson sitting in. Always a pleasure to do so because there's such a great audience. And we've been talking about some water cooler stories that you can talk about this morning as you head into work. And also, you're going to want to talk about our next guest, too, because I know you already do, because he's one of the most popular hosts on here in American Family Radio. And I'm talking about Frank Turek. He's in the studio with us this morning. Fred, great to be with you. This is fun being here in Tupelo. I haven't been here in about 10 years, but... Yeah. I'm just ha- happy to see you guys. You hail from Charlotte? Charlotte, North Carolina, yes. Yeah, great city. Yeah, I love Charlotte. We, it is. We, we moved there to go to seminary back in 1993, and we stayed. Stayed. So brought the yeah. kids up there. They're all out of the house now, so we're empty nesters. Yeah. Yeah, it took us a while to get used to that. <laughs> About 10 minutes. <laughs> That's how long it took to change the locks. <laughs> now, you host uh, Cross-Examined uh, right here at American Family Radio, 9 o'clock Central on Saturday morning, and then uh, back again at 4 o'clock on Sunday That's afternoon. Right. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the major thrusts of your ministry, Cross-Examined, you go out and you 
talk to young people. You get mm-hmm. invited sometimes to universities. Sometimes I'm sure they regret they invited. <laughs> well, actually, what, what goes on, Fred, is that uh, due to a certain Supreme Court decision, uh, which means that anybody that's invited to campus by a, a, a group that the campus recognizes, uh, they, it's got to be viewpoint neutral. So if, okay. if a Christian group on campus wants to do, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist on campus, then if it's a public university, mm-hmm. the, the university can't stop us. Mm-hmm. So we just need a Christian group on any campus to say, yeah, we'll host you. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the campus and we present, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. We get a lot of atheists showing up, as you can imagine, because it's yeah. kind of sticking a, a you know, <laughs> finger in the eye to say, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And they come over, what do you mean? I don't have to have faith. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so I give a presentation, we do Q&A, and uh, we usually do 15 to 20 a year, except this past year due to COVID, we haven't been on any campuses. Sure. In fact, there haven't been any, any students on campuses, you know. <laughs> That's right. So we hope the fall that'll pick up again. But if anyone's out there that wants to have a a event on a college campus, could be community college, regular four-year university, just go to crossexamined.org and click on contact us and we'll figure out a way figure out a way to get there. Now you also go to churches too. Yeah, so I was just at Hope Church here in, in Tupelo yesterday. Great yeah. church and yeah. presented there and uh, a couple of weeks from now I'll be in Sarasota at uh, a church down there. So yeah, we do churches, That's high great. schools and colleges. Absolutely. I was on your website, which by the way is a terrific website, crossexamined.org. Org, yes, sir. Crossexamine.org. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a good historical representation of all your podcasts, mm-hmm. obviously, including the Kurt one. And there was one on there, Freedom Requires Restraint, mm-hmm. all right, that you did. And inside that podcast was a fascinating, what I used to call streeters, I mm-hmm. guess they still call those, but it was uh, somebody going to a college campus, University of Washington? It was, it was University of Washington. Uh, the Washington Family Policy Institute put it out. Joseph Blackholm, or Backholm, was the interviewer. He's a 5'9 white guy, uh-huh. and that's important. As you, I think you're going to play a piece of the clip, aren't you? Yes. He's a 5'9 white guy asking students on the University of Washington a number of questions. Yes. And they had a real hard time <laughs> answering truthfully. This was five years ago, Fred. Oh, my. And, and, and they can go, if people want to see this, if, if they go to YouTube and type in Washington Family Policy Council, they can, uh, they can see the, <laughs> the video there that has almost 5 million views on it. This is it. Yeah. Well, we're going to play a little bit of this. Uh, initially, the front end was talking about people... And this is crazy. I mean, I, I was on university campuses back in the 70s, and, and what you're about to hear would have been called weird back then. Uh-huh. But now it's accepted, you know, the whole issue of somebody can declare, a guy can declare, I feel like a girl today, and you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. But it goes beyond that, and, and the interviewer takes us down that road. So let's have a listen to a portion of this from Frank Turek's Freedom Requires Restraint, uh, and uh, you'll get a taste of what we're talking about here, folks. Cut number six. So if I told you that I was a woman, what would your response be? Good for you. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. I'll be like, what? <laughs> really? I don't have a problem with it. I'd ask you how you came to that conclusion. If I told you that I was Chinese, what would your response be? I mean, I might be a little surprised, but I would say... Good for you. Like, yeah, be who you are. <laughs> I would maybe think you had some Chinese ancestor. 
I would ask you how you similarly came to that conclusion and why you came to that conclusion. Um, I would have a lot of questions just because on the outside I would assume that you're a white man. If I told you that I was seven years old, what would your response be? Um, I wouldn't believe that immediately. Uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't believe it, but I mean... I, it wouldn't really bother me that much to go out my way and tell you no, you're wrong. I'd just be like, oh, okay, he wants to say he's seven years old. If you feel seven at heart, then <laughs> then so be it. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> so if I wanted to enroll in a first grade class, do you think I should be allowed to? Uh, probably not, I guess. I mean, unless you haven't completed first grade up to this point and for some reason need to do that now. If that's where you feel, like, mentally you should be then i feel like there are communities that would accept you for that i would say so long as you're not hindering society and you're not causing harm to other people i feel like that should be a okay thing if i told you i'm six feet five inches what would you say that i would question why <laughs> because you're not <laughs> no i don't think you're six if you truly believed you're 6'5", I don't think it's harmful. I think it's fine if you believe that. It doesn't matter to me if you think you're taller than you are. So you'd be willing to tell me I'm wrong? I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. No, but I say that um, I don't think that you are. I feel like that's not my place as like another human to say someone is wrong or to draw lines or boundaries. No, I mean, I wouldn't just go like, oh, you're wrong. Like, that's wrong to believe in it. Because, I mean, again, it doesn't really bother me what you want to think about your height or anything. So, I can be a Chinese woman. You... <laughs> um, sure. But I can't be a six foot five Chinese woman. Yes. <laughs> can you believe these people go to college? Well, it, you know, we, we laugh at this, uh -huh. we, we hear these things, but Frank, there's a very serious side to this. These kids have been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. These these are not stupid kids. Mm -hmm. They're they're actually quite bright. I think they have all the brain cells required to make intelligent answers. But you could hear as he went through this scenario, and it got more ridiculous each time. And they would hesitate, but because they've been brainwashed, they had to come back with some kind of well. I don't want to judge you. That's right. Where? Yeah. How do we get to this place? Well, we get to this place from suppressing the truth. I mean, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 1, that we suppress the truth and unrighteousness to go our own way. Although we know that God exists and we know the truth about these things, we suppress that because we want to do our own thing. I don't know if it was in this clip or another portion of the clip. No, she did say it in this clip that we just heard. She said, it's not my place to draw boundaries or to say someone's wrong. Do you know where we are in society now, Fred? The only thing that's wrong is to say someone's wrong. It would be wrong for you to say someone's wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. And yeah, they're brainwashed. But on the other hand, if, if you see the video, they're really struggling to give the politically correct answer because they know in their hearts it's the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. This guy's not a six foot five Chinese woman, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's not... He's not seven years old, right? No. He's a, he's a you know, 40-year-old 5'9 white guy, and they just can't bring themselves to say that, even though they know it's true. So is it, it, is it any wonder why parents finally are waking up to this? Because it's not just university. This indoctrination is actually starting in 
pre-kindergarten. Yeah, now with all critical theory being taught now across right. the country in many of these school districts, which is really just racism. Mm-hmm. That's what critical race theory is. It's just trying to use racism to allegedly combat racism. It turns Martin Luther King King's uh, dream to say, I wanted to be, I want, hope my kids will be judged on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It does it exactly the opposite now. It's turning that dream on its head to say, no, kids are now going to be judged on the color of their skin, not the content of their character. That's what critical race theory is all about. Attorney General, uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr addressed this the Mm -hmm. other day. It was one of his first speeches Mm -hmm. since uh, leaving the Attorney General's office. And uh, have a listen to what he had to say. Cut number one. The real issue of systemic racism in our country, which is our public school system in the inner cities, where we've relegated inner city school children to these failing schools, depriving them of a future, depriving them of opportunity. That's the system of systemic racism. President Obama waltzes into Washington and rolls his two daughters in the most exclusive private school there, Sidwell Friends, and one of his earliest acts is to terminate a broadly supported and bipartisan program in the District of Columbia that provided scholarships to inner city kids to go to parochial school. That's former Attorney General William Barr, and he he was talking about a critical race theory, but also the problem that kids in inner-city schools... uh, Remember the incident when when President Obama was in office in Washington, D.C.? I think the mayor at the time was very much for vouchers. Yeah. But President Obama quashed that. Yeah, because he's beholden to the teachers' unions. There were 1,500 black kids that were getting to go to a better school Mm-hmm. And he wanted to end it, and uh, because of his position on choice, right? He wants, and the, Joe Biden's the same way. They want to give a woman the choice to kill her child, or but not the choice on where to educate that child. Should that child live? Yeah, I mean they're not pro-choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 ridiculous. In fact. I've been asking a lot of people, Fred, I've done several programs on our podcast on the American Family Radio Network here on critical race theory and all this. And I've been asking people to tell me what law needs to change it change in order to alleviate racism. And nobody can tell me what laws need to change because our laws generally are good. Ever since the 1964 Civil Rights Act, uh, our laws have treated fit races fairly. Uh, sometimes affirmative action has gone the other way, but I, nobody can tell me this law needs to change. That law needs to change. But I can tell you just like based on the clip you just played, I didn't even know you're going to play that clip, but one thing we can do to improve minority performance and minority opportunity in this country is to give school choice. Because if, if parents and kids had the the freedom to choose where they went to school, they would get a better education and they could then therefore do better in society. But no, the, the folks on the left don't want school choice. I, I, I think there are, there are two things that, that, that lead to racist outcomes, even if they're not intended to be racist outcomes. The fact that we don't protect a child in the womb. You know, there's only 13% of the country are black, but yet blacks comprise 38% of the abortions in this country. And the second thing is we don't provide students with school choice. If we could just, if we could just give students school choice, minorities 
would improve their opportunities and performance immeasurably. And the left doesn't want to do that. You know, Sandy uh, has been talking on her program in recent weeks about, all right, we are, we are aware of the problems mm-hmm. now. So what do we do about it? Yeah. And one of the things that she has suggested, maybe we have to take a page out of the playbook of the left who took over our school boards many mm-hmm. years ago and are now facilitating this drastic change in policies. There's, I heard a lady on Fox this morning talking about it was West Palm Beach, a school district down there, that their main goal is going to get rid of white privilege in the school. And these parents are showing up and saying, my kid needs to do math. Yeah, He needs to know how to do math. He needs to know how to read and how to write. Those are the things that count. And you're going to focus on how to get rid of white privilege. You want to get rid of white privilege? Then give minorities school choice. Amen. Because the the rich white kids that they allegedly say have white privilege have that choice. But the young black kids don't have it Mm -hmm. generally. So why don't you give them school choice? Why not? Yeah. Well, because the teachers unions don't want it. They don't want competition. You want to improve performance? Make give competition mm-hmm. and encourage competition between schools. Teachers and administrators will have to get better and more efficient. You're not going to get it by having a monopoly. Monopolies are inefficient. We all we all know that. But yeah. here's another problem too and this this is a burr in, in my saddle, I'll tell you that is the mainstream media. Mhm. Uh I not a shock to anybody. This is not breaking news. They are in cahoots with the far left. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's they no question the about left. it. Yeah. Which, which is why you get these polls. We were talking about this off the air. We get these polls about people's impression about uh, police, police violence, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't, uh, AP did a poll and, they, and most people say, you know, 53% of, of, of police encounters are violent and unwarranted, et cetera, et cetera, when it's tiny. A tiny Extremely amount. Extremely tiny. Yeah. Twenty In 2019, according to the Washington Post, there were nine unarmed black men killed by police in all of America yeah. and 19 unarmed white people. Yeah. In all of America. Now, we wish that was nothing, but that's yeah. it's not an epidemic. We no. know that. And unarmed is questionable. Sometimes uh, they, they, they do have a weapon. It could be a brick. It could be some other thing. But unarmed is 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 misty sometimes. We don't exactly know what that means. All right. Want to hear from you? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Your thoughts on all of this? We got Frank here. We're going to use him this morning. You can talk to Frank or Fred. 888-589-8840 when we come back. Have you been looking for a way to serve others? Are you able to serve in a ministry without being paid? You and Friendships might be the perfect match. Friendships is currently taking applications for volunteers providing aid to disaster victims, refugees, and the impoverished, both here at home and around the world. Get more information at friendships.org or by calling 337-433-5022. Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, Heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music. Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship 
right here on American Family Radio. You shall not steal. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The J. Robinette Biden administration has proposed a new $1.8 trillion so-called infrastructure spending package. They plan to make a massive increase in enforcement at the IRS, a central component of this new spending plan. How do they plan to do it? Increase the IRS budget to beef up the number of agents and new tools and technology at the IRS to increase collections and audits of American citizens to bolster the government's financial coffers. That's it. That's the plan. Tax like crazy. Spend like crazy. Redistribute like crazy. We are witnessing the establishment of the American Politburo, complete with an expanding taxation collection force. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. Seven counties in the regressive state of Oregon have voted to secede from Oregon and join Idaho. They are sick up to here with a state government that is controlled by far-left values. My home state of Idaho, by contrast, is one of the most conservative states in the Union. In the regressive part of Oregon, Biden defeated Trump 56 to 40, but in these freedom-loving counties, Trump received 69 to 79 percent of the vote. Moving state boundaries has happened three times in U.S. history. That's how we got Kentucky, Maine, and West Virginia. Maybe it's about to happen again. One supporter of the move said liberals ought to support it. If Oregon really believes in liberal values such as self-determination, the legislature won't hold our counties captive against our will. May their tribe increase. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Jews are often the proverbial canaries in the mineshaft. When societies tolerate, let alone enable, anti-Semitic sentiment and even attacks, they are usually in decline. In recent days, rising violence against Jews has occurred here as leftist anti-Semites in Congress denounced Israel for its retaliatory actions against Hamas, the terrorist group that just fired 4,000 rockets indiscriminately into the Jewish state. While President Biden has paid lip service to Israel's right to exist, he has also enthusiastically endorsed one such legislator, Rashida Tlaib, a Palestinian activist turned representative who has called for its destruction and voted with fellow Democrats to block even defensive weapon sales to the Israelis. Make no mistake, those who seek to destroy the Jews in their state generally have no love for America either. We must repudiate and sanction anti-Semitism or contribute to our country's unraveling as well. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Real excited to have in studio with me Frank Turek of Cross Examined. You hear him each Saturday morning and again on Sunday afternoon. Frank, great to have you here. Great gonna, being here. You're going to be taping some things for AFA today. That's yeah, later. Time. And I think I'm going to be on today's issues with you a little bit later. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, get to know you. And as I promised, you're going to get an opportunity to uh, throw some questions at Frank this morning. And I know 
you go to university, you get all kinds of questions. So uh, I, I don't think there is anything that uh, would scare you with regards to questions. Wait, my wife's calling. Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where are the car keys? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to Alabama this morning first thing, and we'll talk to Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, good morning. Listen, Frank, I was going to email you, um, but I, I wasn't sure how to do that. But I'm so thankful I heard you this morning. So I'm going to just let you know um, something that I was that I coined, a new phrase. Show me the proof. Show remember me the, the proof. Movie? Absolutely. Show me the money, remember? I like that. So anyway, yeah. yeah, I know. And listen, I listen to you on um, Saturdays and anytime I get a chance. But I was going to tell you, I am a teller and I work at a bank. And every day when somebody comes up and I don't know them, they want money, I'm going to say, may I have your ID? In other words, show me the proof who you are. If somebody comes in and says, you know, I feel like Bill Gates today and I want to withdraw a million dollars, can you please, you know, don't be intolerant with me, don't be hateful, don't be mean, you better give it to me. I'm going to say, show me the proof. That's right. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. If somebody says, you know, I don't care who you are, if you think you're a boy or a girl, I feel sorry for you. I think you need help. I, I, and I'm right there with you, pray with you, help you. But I'm not going to agree that you are not who you, you know, you're, you know, what your genes say you are. And uh, if someone says, you know, I think I'm a bird, I'm not going to let you jump off the roof and try to soar. It's just, you know, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I just don't understand why people do not want proof anymore. Well, because they want to create their own reality, Lisa. That's really the issue. And and I think it really comes down to this. Uh, can we adjust reality to fit our beliefs and behaviors, or can we adjust our beliefs and behaviors to fit reality? And I think, obviously, the second way is the way of truth, we have to adjust our beliefs and behaviors to fit reality. We can't change reality by our beliefs and behaviors, but we can change our beliefs and behaviors to fit reality. And uh, if you try and do the first, that's a fool's errand, and too many people are going to get hurt. Lisa, thank you for your call. Uh, you know, like I say, the, when I was growing up, all of this, what Lisa was talking about, was common sense. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to believe when she was talking about show me the proof that we now have advocates in this country that anybody should be able to vote. You don't have to show any ID. Right. Come in the country, mm-hmm. doors wide open. Mm-hmm. You don't have to show any ID. Just come on in and and we'll put you on a bus and you can go anywhere you want. I mean, none of this is making any sense anymore. No, it's not at all. Uh, but we've reached that point and I'm, I'm hearing more and more people use the phrase, we need to take our country back. Mm-hmm. Mr. McCluskey. Uh, he and his wife showed up on their lawn with their weapons there in St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis, yeah. When uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. broke into their neighborhood, mm-hmm. he's now running for the open Senate seat in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I think his his uh, his motto for his campaign: "We need to take our country back." Mm. Uh, so maybe the left has overplayed their hand a little bit. I, at least I'm hopeful for that. Right. Yeah. Well, what we need to do is pray and act and. Just leave the results to God because we it's not our job to be successful. It's our job to be faithful. Amen. Uh, because we can't ensure success. All we can ensure 
is that we're faithful. So just do what's right, leave the results to God. And even if you think, I can't do anything, I can't change any of this, that's not the issue. The issue is is that you be faithful and you do what's right and leave the results to God. Amen. Let's go to uh, Texas. Good morning, Joshua. Go ahead. Hey, hey. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I uh, wanted to, uh, man, there's so many topics to, to jump in on. I, my question was really based around the monopolizing of the, the media outlet and how they've just really taken over. And, and I'm just curious how, uh, how like, like what that would look like for us as a, as a whole, the conservative Christian um, to actually start doing something, taking initiative to to get a footing on that, um, to get voices out. Well, that's kind of what Joshua. I appreciate that. That's kind of what American Family Radio is mm-hmm. here for mm-hmm. uh, is is to get the truth out there based on biblical principles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there's already that effort's been in place, Joshua, for some time now. But I hear what you're saying. And we were talking a little bit about the, the media's role and how it's shaping the minds of people. You know, where you get your news is going to have a tremendous bearing, Frank, on your worldview. Absolutely. And I think what we have to do, I know we're, we all want to impact the culture for Christ. And we may think, oh, we're just one person. You know, how can we do anything? Well, chances are you're never going to be any more than one person. So you might as well just get busy doing what you can do. And you might not be able to change the culture very much, but at least you can prevent the culture from changing you. So that's important right there because we're going to live forever. The country's not going to live forever, but individuals are going to live forever. You see, this is the difference between Marxism and, and Christianity. Marxism believes the state's eternal. Christianity believes the state's not eternal. Individuals are eternal. So... As much as we love America, America is not going to be here forever, but individuals will live beyond that. So we have to make sure that we are, even if we can't change the culture or can't change the country, we can certainly ensure the culture doesn't change us and we can move toward becoming more like Christ. A lot of parents today, Christian parents today, are are concerned about what their kids are are learning Mm -hmm. in school. We talked a little bit about uh, school choice and, and vouchers and I think that's what our next caller want to want to talk about. Carol in Ohio. Good morning. Welcome to Sandy Rios in the morning. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you so much for your ministry of apologetics. I love it. Thank you, Carol. Now I think we need to. I think we need to go further, sir, with um, school choice. This God it says commands Christians. Deuteronomy six: Train up your children. Teach your children. We cannot put the state in charge of passing out money and regulating all kinds of schools. Parents, parent, the, the state has an equitable interest, but they are not the regulators of Christian education. And number two, um, covetousness and theft is what the church is doing to allow the idolatrous state to come to power. How many Christians send their kids to government-regulated brainwashing schools, and how many of them vote, vote against widows, the unemployed, retired, um, um, and disabled? How many of them vote to secure tax money from their neighbors? These are the two big problems that will bring Christ down, bring the church down. 
Yeah, thank you, Carol. I think that uh, I wouldn't go with a voucher system for the reason you just mentioned, because then the voucher is directly connected to the school, and then the government can say, well, if you want to get this voucher money, you have to live by our values. But if you insured a tax credit system where a parent, if they put their kid in a government, I mean, in a private school or whatever school they wanted to, they got tax money back in order to do that, then there wouldn't be a direct connection between the money and the school. All the, all the parent would need to show is that their child was enrolled in a private school to get the tax credit. So it wouldn't be a voucher. It wouldn't be direct. That's interesting. Interesting perspective. I haven't heard that voice before. All right, uh, we're going to go to back to Texas again. And good morning, Jerry. Go ahead. So I'll, as quickly as I can, appreciate everything that y'all do. Uh, I think that I, w- I would like to get your opinion and question on the school choice to build on that. To me, it seems as if the Bible already instructs us through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that there's a, tr- a trinity there. So could it not be that the family, an intact family group, along with the school system that actually supports the family group, and then the family group itself doing what its responsibility is, as Brother Abraham Hamilton says, on the full-time job and not the part-time job, full-time job being the home, is to help their child to learn the things that were taught in school that they didn't get that day. The parents need to be more involved. Uh, I'm a parent with four kids who, at the end of the day, spend hours at the end of the day going over the kids' homework. It's work. That's what we're instructed to do. I'm going to get off and listen to your response. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Michael. I think you're absolutely right. Same thing is true, by the way, when it comes to spiritual formation and discipleship. It's not the youth pastor's role to do that. It's your role to do that. The parent is responsible for the education, whether it's reading, writing, and arithmetic, as Fred was saying earlier, or it's uh, spiritual formation. It's not the church's job. In fact, you know what the church is, according to Ephesians 4, is to equip the saints to do ministry. The pastor's not supposed to do all the ministry. The pastor and his staff are, are trying to equip people in the pews to do the ministry. That's the whole point, that we're discipled to the point that we become more like Jesus and we can actually instruct one another. So I think we, Michael's right on with that. Yeah. Parents need to be involved. You know, I, I think and I go back the day and age when I was going to school back in the 60s and the 70s. For the most part, the public schools upheld the values of mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so mom and dad didn't have to worry as much. But there's been a 180-degree turn in that yes. now. Yeah. Uh, which goes to what you're saying is that now you got to check out mm-hmm. what the kids are, are mm-hmm. learning uh, in school each day. And you've got to work harder, as our caller was saying, to to counter that, but also make sure that, as your ministry talks about, the unchanging truth of, of God and God's Word. Well, Fred, you know how we got here, really? It's really the church's fault. If you go back 100 years to the 1920s, we had a movement called fundamentalism where the church, instead of engaging the culture, they, di- they didn't think they could answer Darwin, you know, so that, oh, what, how, what do we do about Darwin, right? So instead of engaging the culture, the church separated from the culture. They built their own little schools and their own little Bible colleges. I mean, nothing wrong with that in isolation, but the problem is is when they isolated themselves completely from the culture and they said there's only really two sacred professions, either pastor or missionary, everything else is secular, and we seeded the media, education, business, uh, all aspects of reality or all aspects of society to the secularists, to the godless people, 
it's hard to believe, or it's not hard to believe, when you take the godly people out of a particular area, that that area goes godless. Yeah. It's really our fault that we're, we're here now. You know, when we ceded education to John Dewey and the uh, secularists, John Dewey, back in the 1930s, took over education, and he educated all the people that would rise to the Supreme Court. And when they got to the Supreme Court in the 1960s, they started ruling the Bible and prayer out of schools and all these things. And, and that's how we got abortion. That's how we got same-sex marriage. That's how we got all of these leftist ideologies was because Christians ultimately got out of education, isolated themselves, and ceded everything to people who are not Christians. And it's our own fault. That's why we're here. So we created a spiritual vacuum. We did. We went anti-intellectual, and now we're trying to get back in the culture, and we're all going, man, maybe this is too late. Let's see. I think we can get in one more call here in uh, Oklahoma. Michael, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. And along with what you were just saying, Frank, uh, General Jordan, uh, Jerry Boydman, I think it was, Boykin, was on yeah. last week with Sandy. And, uh, uh, you know, he was talking about how the leftists go in years in advance, and the, the church is not doing that. And, and in the public education, in our military, in, in everything, we need to be putting people in these key positions just like they have to take back over our country. And, you know, it's so hard because we can't even find information on the people we're voting on. Yeah. Uh, they wipe or scrub their uh, Facebook accounts and things, and you can't find out anything on them. Michael, we appreciate those comments. And, uh, Frank, we're going to have to have you back again. Oh, man. love to. I mean, we just got a little taste this morning. Well, you know, you know, Fred, this. one of the things that Michael is bringing up that we can do is run ourselves for school board and that kind of thing. We don't have to figure out who we're voting for. Maybe we can be the ones that people, other people are voting for. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hey, listen, been great to be with you today, and uh, this is just the beginning of another week here at American Family Radio. Much more great programming ahead. Frank, you'll be back on today's issues yes, just sir. a little bit later. Lord willing. Yes, and uh, folks, stay tuned uh, because we are here. We are in this together. Uh, this is a spiritual battle. Uh, we need to lock arms in that under the truth of God's Word. Amen. Have yourself a great day. And remember, be a blessing to someone else today. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.